to, this is the story of the wise men that come to seek out Christ. And as they're seeking for him, they go on a journey. And to go on a journey, it must take the journey of believing first before you actually take physical steps to head that direction. And so when you found in your Bible the gospel of Matthew chapter number 2, let's stand this morning as we read God's word. Matthew chapter number 2, beginning in verse 1. And the title of this morning's message is The Polar Express. And it says, now, Je- now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men, everybody say wise men, came from the east to Jerusalem saying, where is, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when Herod heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it was written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. And for from you shall come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod Herod summoned all the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, Bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they, and when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that this morning that our true belief in you would take us on a journey. That it would take us on a journey that would bring us outside of our realm of norm. That it would take us on a journey that would bring us to a place, not where we see amazing things, but where we see and find you and who you fully are in the truest sense. Come on. God, I pray we wouldn't go on a journey for a journey's sake. We would go on a journey to find and experience the real you and who you really are. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated this morning. Everybody say, I believe. I pray that this morning God is instilling in your spirit a spirit of not just belief, but a spirit that truly believes. In the movie we just saw, The Polar Express, it's the story of a young boy who is struggling with this one word, the word believe. And then an amazing thing happens. A train pulls up outside his bedroom window and the, uh, and the conductor stands outside saying, all aboard. And the young man has the decision. Does he get on this train and go on a journey that'll change his life forever? Or does he let this opportune moment, this Kairos moment pass him by and stay the same in his house, in his unbelieving ways, the rest of his life. The question he faces is the question many believers face today. With all the things going on in the world and all the propaganda against the church and against the Bible and against the word of God, we struggle in especially American society with this word believe and do we truly believe, not just believe in Jesus, but believe all that the Bible says about him. That he truly is the son of God manifested in the flesh, born of a virgin Mary that came to change the world and forgive the sins of all lost mankind and reconcile us to God the Father Almighty himself. It sounds like an unbelievable story until you get on the train and you go on the journey. 
This morning, it's my heart that some of you, as your Christian walk has gone on over the years and it's been whitewashed and it's faded just a little bit, that you would once again get on this train of believing. That you would once again jump on board because, as you saw, once he got on board, he went for the ride of his life. There were good times in the movie of Hot Chocolate. (laughs) If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. It's one of my kids' favorite parts. There's exciting times in the movie. There's times of danger in the movie. But he always gets to the North Pole right on time. God always gets us where we're called to be right on time. If you believe that, say, I believe. God wants to do something in your life this morning. and He doesn't have you here just to hear a message. He has you here because he's got you here right on time because this is your Kairos moment. It's a moment that at just the right time, God's going to do something for your life. When you embark on this journey, the, the journey of this is going to take you from where you're at to where you're called to be. In the midst of that, you're going to battle all kind of religion and ungodliness, which I won't refer to as the end times antichrist, but many spirits of antichrist. That now I'm not talking about our government and things like that. I'm talking about in, in your personal soul. The things that battle against Christ itself, the antichrist things within you. And it'll drive you to search diligently for what you truly believe. In the first eight verses that we just read, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem. Wise men came. Wise men went on a journey. And I love how they're called wise men. Some versions call them kings. Some versions call them uh, magi, which comes from the, the Greek word magus, which means those who study the stars in the solar system, and they understand the operation and the order of things in the world. These men came on a journey. But their journey wasn't started just out of a whim. Their journey was started because they were looking, they were searching, they were believing for something. And so when the star appeared, they went on a two-year journey. (laughs) And they showed up at the house of Jesus and saw the child Jesus as he was growing. Now I can go into all the theories and debunk it. The wise men were not at the manger scene. It was a two-year journey. And they showed up at the child's house, the Bible says. But their belief brought them to a place of an extraordinary journey where they crossed lands and other things. And I say that to say this. Believing will do this one thing. It will drive you to action. Believing will truly drive you to action. And if you'll just look over the past year of your life, I'm not saying your life as a whole. I'm not even saying your whole life as a believer. I'm saying just the last year of your life, the last chronological year of your life. If you look at it, if your actions towards Christ have been non-existent, you need to question, do I really believe? Because when you really believe, your actions towards Christ will drive you to a place of something in him, of seeking after, of following, of going to find not just this theology of Jesus, but finding Jesus himself and who he's called you to be in your life. Listen, this morning, as believing causes and drives you to action, it will cause a moment in your life. True believing will cause you to move and launch you into action, and at just the right time, or the perfect will of God, you're going to have something revealed to you in your life. And it's that term I've been big on all morning long, that term of just the right time. Everybody say, I believe. I believe. 
Because the Bible says in Romans chapter number 5, verse number 6, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Come on, that's a good word. At just the right time, when Joel T. Meyer was powerless, <clears throat> when I was powerless, and I had nothing of my own, at just the right time, Christ came and he died for me. That term in the Greek is literally this term. It's the term kairos. Kairos is an ancient Greek word meaning the right time, the opportune moment, the supreme moment. Some of you guys need a supreme moment in your life. And I say that for this reason. Because some of you have drifted and you've wandered back and forth in your Christian walk. And you have nothing to base anything in your Christian walk on except for that one opportune moment when you got born again. But God didn't design you for just a one-time, one-opportune moment. God designed you to have opportune and kairos moments all throughout your Christian walk. And for some of you, it's been way too long since a supreme moment that defined your belief system has showed up in your life where you can stand up and say, I believe in Jesus Christ because I've experienced the power of God and in my kairos moment this morning has arrived. Amen. Come on, say, I believe. I believe. See, the Greeks had two words. Describing time, one was kairos, the opportune moment, but the other was chronos, or chronos, some say, which means the chronological moment, the chronological time frame of your life. In the chronological time frame of your life, God shows up, and he stops the time of your life to give you a kairos time frame. This is what he did throughout the Old Testament when they brought him through the River Jordan. And he told him, turn around and build an altar. Bring 12 stones, one representing each tribe. As a remembering moment of the Kairos moment that at just the right time, I divided the waters and you went across and through to the promised land and your life will never be the same. Amen. Some of you this morning, God is going to do an amazing work of your life because you're starting to awaken your soul and say, I believe. Yeah. I believe. I'm ready for a Kairos moment. I'm ready not just for a chronological lifetime that has a, a beginning and an ending. I'm ready for a lifetime filled with Kairos moments that at just the right time, I saw the power of God come in and transform my life supernaturally. But if you're going to have a Kairos moment, you must have a belief or a believing system that drives you to action in your life. And some of you have not had much action lately. But when you begin to believe, you can't contain the action. In fact, the action will continue to drive you to believe farther. As the wise men from the east came, and, and just as I have just gotten back from Rome, I didn't understand the capacity of Rome and the world that they knew it as. But for wise men or kings to come from the east, they had to come outside the whole known world of Rome to come to a place where they were not known, where King Herod was king, Caesar Augustus was ruler over the whole known world, they had to come outside of that realm into a place for a kairos moment where they could offer gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh at the feet of a savior. And there weren't three kings, by the way. There were three gifts. There are way more than three kings that come to worship a savior. They bring three gifts. And I'm only going to get through a third of my message this morning. I got a five-page message. I'm just going through the first third, okay? Because it, it, it's crazy. That it's that, it's, it is that awesome, but I can only get through a third of it. And so the kings laid their gifts, and their lives were ever changed. 
There's not just a chronological or chronos time for your life, but there's a kairos time for your life in that supreme moment. But to get to that supreme moment, to get to that supreme moment, and, 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 and we really need to get this point. If we're going to get to that supreme kairos moment that at just the right time, you're going to have to battle the religion within. You're going to have to battle the antichrist within. Now, I want to be clear when I use the term antichrist. I'm not talking about the, what you read in Revelation and the Antichrist. I'm talking about those mannerisms, those habits, those spiritual strongholds in your life, such as unforgiveness, that you, will have, that you have so deeply rooted and embedded in your life that are anti the message and the gospel of Christ. We must begin to battle those Antichrist things in our life. And watch what happens as the wise men went on this journey. And the Bible says in verse number three, it says, when King Herod heard this, because the wise men had come to this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. Now, I find this ironic. Jerusalem is the place of the king, the King David, King Solomon. This is who the, 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 the prophets were prophesying about, Jesus, in the midst of Bethlehem. But even in the midst of the air, very area that was supposed to know about the Savior, the King of the world, Jesus, when the true people came to announce the Savior... Even the religious people were troubled. <laughs> Listen, when God begins to embark on your Kairos moment, this is the most exciting part of your life. When God begins to embark on the Kairos part of your life with this Kairos moment in your life, it's going to battle everything that you've been taught growing up to this point. Now, come on. And what you've been taught, I'm not saying it's bad, but I am saying God has a Kairos moment destined for you in the year 2015. And if it's going to happen, you're going to have to face some of those religious things that have kept you held back. Come on. Some of you, the only thing holding you back from your Kairos moment is this in worship. But you were raised in a church like I was that said, no, we don't do that. Okay. Listen, it's going to battle your religion, your strongholds. It's going to fight this thing. And some of you, the only thing standing between you and your Kairos moment is you're looking back and you're saying, well, I've always heard this and I've always done this, but since I've been at TWBC, it ain't anything like this. And you're at a crisis of your belief. Do I go back to the way I was or do I embrace a Kairos moment that's going to change me forever? And listen, the Bible says... The king was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. That means it's going to not just shake you. It's going to shake the very foundation of the religion in your life. And it's not going to get you religion. It's going to give you true theology in Jesus Christ, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. And I'll tell you how big this deal was of the kings coming to announce the birth of Jesus. When kings came from outside the kingdom of Rome, they would come in to the Rome, and they would first come in, they would come over a hill, and they would look down to the left, and there would be this thing called the Circle Maximo. This is the largest stadium ever built in the history of the world. It held 350,000 people, and they would have chariot races in this place called the Circle Maximo. And then they would go a little bit farther, and they would look a little bit to the right, and then out of nowhere, basically, the Colosseum would appear, the most massive structure. Then they would look up on a hill, and they would have the altar to Jupiter, or the temple to Jupiter, the sex god. And you would walk in, and they call it the propaganda of Rome. And as you walked in, everything was so massive and overwhelming, you would have two thoughts. I'm never coming back because they can't be defeated, or I'm going to join their wicked ways because they can't be defeated. And this is how great the Caesar was, Caesar Augustus was at this time. So 
I need you to picture this with me. You have the whole Roman Empire. Everybody say all of Rome. That's everything from the Middle East, from the northern part of Africa to Italy to everywhere, all in between. And the Caesar ruled it all. But he put kings in certain areas. That's why it says uh, King Herod was alarmed. But if you'll read Luke chapter number 1, it says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. So Caesar was king, Herod was lord over an area. But this is still why Joseph had to go from where he was to Bethlehem because he was the house and the line of David and he had to be registered in his hometown. And so as he went there, this is what the wise men, the magi, the kings were facing when they walked in. And I've read this a couple times over the past two years in church, but it goes to say here as well because this was the religion they were battling, the religion of Caesar himself. It's called the Roman cult. And this is what Horsley writes with Jesus and Empire in his writings. This is how people refer to Caesar. The most divine Caesar we should consider equal to the beginning of all things. For when everything was falling into disorder and tending towards disillusion, he restored it once and gave us a whole new aura, a whole new life. Caesar is the common good fortune for all men. He is the beginning of life and vitality. All the cities unanimously adopted the birthday of the divine Caesar as the beginning of the new year. Whereas providence, which has regulated our whole existence, has brought our life to the climax of its perfection by giving us the emperor, Caesar Augustus. Whom it, providence, filled with strength for the welfare or the well-being of all men. And who being sent to us, come on, as our descendants, as a savior has put an end to the war and has set all things in order. <laughs> Having become God manifest, Caesar has fulfilled the purposes and the hopes of earlier times and surpassing all his benefactors who preceded him. Whereas finally the birthday of God, Caesar Augustus, has been for the whole world the beginning of the good news. The gospel is what the Jews would say. It. The evangelon is what we English would say. It. Evangelism is where we get our word from that. Concerning him, therefore let a new era begin from the beginning of his birth. Now, now, now I want you to see the force that when the wise men came and said, Herod, where is Jesus, the one who has been born king? This is what the whole Roman Empire believed. They believed Caesar was this God. So when they said Jesus was springing up, the wise men then had a battle on their hands like never before. They had to battle the religion of the whole world at the time, kind of like we are. We're battling the religions of the whole world. We're standing for Christ and Christ alone. We're standing for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And so this is why when, 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 this is why when Jesus was born, Herod said, let me know what time he was born. And the time frame was about two years. This is why he said, every child two years and younger, kill him. Go, go read your Bible. It's in there. They killed him right after the, right after the birth account. They killed all the children two years and younger. That's why when the angel of the Lord appeared to the wise men saying, you go home a different direction, they immediately appeared to Joseph afterward and said, get up, take your son to Egypt because they're fixing to kill everybody. Come on now. That's more world history than some of y'all have gotten in like 10 years. And I say that for this reason. When a Kairos moment begins to occur... And you're on this journey. You're going to have to battle the religion within. And you're going to have to hear the voice of God to truly begin and to walk in this thing called, I believe. Everybody say, I believe. I believe. 
Because the see, see what the world didn't know that when Caesar eventually would die, he would stay dead. But when Jesus died, the divine stepped in and said, I'll show you the beginning of all life and vitality. And when they raised Jesus Christ from the dead, it was not just forgiveness of our sins. It was the beginning of your life, your vitality. And at his ascension, he said, I'm going to send you all my power in the Holy Spirit and we will make a true kingdom with it. There will be no end. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise this morning. There will be no end. My question is, are you on this journey? Are you going to jump on this train? Because it'll change your life. You're going to have to battle unforgiveness. Oh, and it's tough. I, I understand. You're going to have to battle unforgiveness. You're going to have to battle the anti-Christ things within you. And it's going to be a war within your flesh. It's going to be a war within you. But get this, greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. And so the things of this world that are holding you back, they don't have power over the kings of kings and lord of lords that was raised from the dead and conquered and took the keys to death, hell, and the grave and brought great victory. See, a Kairos moment is going to cause you to do this. It's going to cause you to believe, but when you start believing, it's going to challenge everything you've ever believed before. It's going to challenge it. And that's not a bad thing. You need to be ready for it. That's a fun thing. Some of you, y'all just got to learn to love to fight again. Man, I, I, I see a Christian body around the world that just doesn't want to fight anymore. We're all praying, oh, just Jesus, just come take us home. No, let's rise up and let's fight. We got a lost and dying generation that needs a touch from God Almighty. I don't want to see one of them die and go to hell. Hold off, Jesus. Don't come back yet. There's still work to do in this earth. Come on now. We got to learn to fight again, to love it again, to have passion again, to get on that train. And if you go through some icy waters, he's still with you. And if you go through some fiery storms, he's still with you. And what I loved about that movie, he saw the track the whole way. And he made it to the other side. In your life, God sees the course he has for your life. But it's going to take some Kairos moments to get you there. It's going to take some just the right times to see them manifested in your life. When true believing occurs, the kingdom of you will rise up and battle against the kingdom of him, of Christ. And you must, this is where Jesus said, take up your cross, crucify you, and follow him. To see these things happen. I started out with the first two points. I said... Uh, believing will cause a Kairos moment to happen in your life. It'll also cause you to battle the religion within, but it will also cause you to search deeper and more desperately than you've ever searched before. Because Jesus promises this, when you seek or you search, you're going to what? You're going to find. He's not an empty hope. He's not a vague fantasy. He's not a fairy tale. He's the true living Jesus Christ. And I love it when the Bible declares him as king of kings because when you recognize what he was up in the raising of his life, when he started doing miracles, he wasn't doing miracles against the religious Pharisees. He was, he, he was showing the power of God to the whole Roman world, the whole known world at the time, declaring that he's king. And so when, when the word says he's king of kings, that means he's greater than any Caesar that ever lived. That he says he's lord of lords, he was greater than King Herod at the time. Because Caesar was king, Herod was Lord. He is king of kings. 
All kings, good and bad. Lord of lords, all lords, good and bad. So if you have a lordship issue in your life of hurts, of unforgivenesses, of pains, he's lord of that lord. And all you have to do is pick which one you're going to serve. Choose this day who you'll serve. I'll close with this last point here. Verse number 8 says, King Herod, the religion even said this, and he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently. Everybody say search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come worship him. Is your life living such an example that the most religious antichrist people in the world would come worship him? Because when you believe, it's going to drive you to action. It's going to challenge the religion within, but it's also going to challenge the religion on the outside. And if our worship and if our believing isn't challenging, I'm not saying that you're being rude and offensive, but I'm saying if it's not challenging the status quo of your culture, we need to take a step of faith and believe. I want to read you this verse of Scripture. After all that we read about Caesar just a second ago, let's read what the Bible says about our God. These are some of my favorite five verses in all of Scripture. It's Colossians 1, 15 through 20. And it says, he is the image of the invisible God. So Jesus Christ is the image of God himself right here in this earth. You ever want to know what God looks like? Look at his son. It says he is the image of the invisible God. It says Jesus went around healing all that were sick. That's the image of the invisible God manifested in the flesh. Come on. He's doing amazing things. And I love it. And he said, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven, things on earth, the visible, the invisible, whether thrones or rulers or dominions or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. So if you're wondering what's going to keep your life together, the Bible says in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body. He is the head of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead. That in him and in him everything he might have and be the preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God, not just part of God, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace with his shed blood on the cross. So whatever you want to read about Caesar and how great they said he was, my God trumps it. He overshadows it, and it is nothing in his presence. See, true believing will cause you to search. And it will cause you to search so much that we serve an infinite God who is inexhaustible. We serve an infinite God, we just read it, who is inexhaustible. You can't exhaust the ends of God. You can't reach the ends of God. But true believing will challenge your life to do this, to try to exhaust an inexhaustible God. Some of y'all need to get that. True believing will drive you to find the end of God even though you, never, you know it can never happen because you're that passionately searching and seeking. True believing will cause you to try to exhaust an inexhaustible God. It'll try to make you find the end of infinity, and it's impossible. But when true believing takes place, nothing can stop you because it's driving you to action that will cause you to have action. It'll cause you to challenge religion, and it'll cause you to try and press forward and search and find not the end of God, but all of God. 
Because if God said it pleased him that about all his fullness dwell in bodily form, we can receive the fullness of his presence and his spirit in this place. The Holy Spirit came for that to happen. Christ was so serious about it, he said, it's better that I die and go so he can come. Jesus said, I'm holding you back the longer I stay here. That's what he said. This morning, I'm going to ask you this. Number one, do you believe? And if you say yes, what do you believe? Do you believe, number one? Because listen, some of us are at the place, like the man in the Bible, Jesus, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. There's nothing wrong with being at that point. That man was hungry. He wanted something. Do you believe? And if you believe, what do you believe? Because when you find out what you believe, it's going to battle the religion within, the antichrist within. It's going to battle the, the, the journey that you're on. It's going to drive you to action, to live differently, to change your life in certain ways that the world doesn't understand. But in him, you're not going to find the end of him. You're going to experience all of him. This morning, if you need help believing, that's why we're here. Would you stand as the worship team comes, as the ministers come and begin to pray?